Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thinks. Hello, hello, hello. I don't know why you say goodbye. I say hello. Ah, the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles. I actually kind of don't shoot me. I'm not a big fan. Oh, yeah. Actually, me neither. I have an ex that p- played the Beatles. Like, oh, and it like ruined it for you? I'm basically traumatized by the Beatles. Fair like, enough. I have to. Fair enough. Yeah, that can't buy me love song. Ooh, oh. That's bad juju for me. It basically lays a curse. Run! Yeah, <laughs> it lays a curse upon my head. Uh, no, no shade to people who like the Beatles, though. I, I do really love me some classic rock. Like oh, yeah, definitely. Led Zeppelin and the Eagles. Yeah. Hey, did you know, you know that song Desperado by the Eagles? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's written about me. I don't believe you. Uh, I went to see the Eagles recently, like very recently in concert, and my neighbor was like, okay, so you're a 50-year-old man who drives a Miata? I was like, all right. (laughs) Settle down. Don't be labeling. Yeah, calm down now. Calm down now. I was really excited when I was there, like really excited. Anyway, Led Zeppelin and even Steve Miller Band. I mean, Oh, F, yes. I can – I actually really enjoy starting my morning with big band music. Like Glenn Miller. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm washing dishes or doing, you yeah. know, just getting my morning starting like yeah. that, 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 you know, yeah. it gets me going. Yeah. My partner's into Frank Sinatra. I love me some Frank Sinatra. Yeah. yeah Likes yeah. to cook and mm-hmm. drink white wine. So, yeah. Like. To me, Frank Sinatra is like an evening kind yeah. of thing, whereas like the big, big band is a morning. Kind of more of a morning thing for me. Did you ever do swing dancing? Not realistically, but mm-hmm. I did one time go to like a country swing dance bar wait what the shit does that even look like what like country songs and you're swing dancing oh like you're like you know doing the the swingy stuff yeah, yeah i'm into that i always would get self-conscious would when people would try and lift me in the air like i'm a control <laughs> freak i'd be like my feet don't leave the ground <laughs> but you'd be so good to throw around oh man. i always felt like they were smaller than me and i was like no <laughs> i don't think you can support this uh, there's a um i don't know if you've ever done acro yoga before no okay it's, i don't even know what that is so there's a base and there's a flyer and yeah so it's basically like terrifying <laughs> yeah. i'm the base guys so i will always be the base of the triangle don't you dare put me up there uh, it's but yeah it is basically like somebody's the base and they're laying on their back and then they have their feet and legs in the air perpendicular and then the flyer like lays down on their feet and 
Okay. And hands. Okay. So it's you're like doing an airplane. Yeah. Something. It's like that game you played as a little kid yeah. when you're doing an airplane and you do yoga poses and they like what move the you around heck? in circles and you do, you're doing like mermaid pose and that you look like a bat. Discombobulating. And it, I'm pretty sure I would have serious anxiety issues while trying to do that yoga. You yeah. have to have some serious trust with your base. Yeah. I am not a good base. I am an okay flyer. Well, maybe we should do it together. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would just lay there and be like, whatevs, I got you here. If I you- don't put me up there <laughs> don't put me on that pedestal i'm gonna fall if you drop my dumb ass on my head i'm gonna be so <laughs> mad <laughs> then then we brain will injury. we're gonna have to move up the episode on brain injuries at that point <laughs> yeah. which oh my god this week i actually saw a lot of people i know that you and i've been talking about like head injuries outside yeah. of here a lot um and i was finally asking about having it been makes, yes yeah. almost everybody has some level of concussion or something yeah. that is affecting that is part of their mental health, honestly. Yeah, it literally just came up this week. Somebody was telling me like, yeah, I think ever since I got knocked out for that hour or two, I just, I'm like way more labile. I'm like all mm-hmm. over the place. My emotions are up and down. And I was like, oh God, it's funny how the minute you start talking about something, you're able to recognize it yes. more often. Yep. Anyway, don't, I've got enough fucking problems with my, <laughs> with my sympathetic nervous system. <laughs> Please don't drop me on my head. Like that's. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we won't. Uh... We won't go there yet. Well, yeah. Let me just figure out yoga in real life before I try to yeah. facilitate something like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, so what's good with you this week? So I was going to just talk a little bit about art. Like I just mm. love doing artsy things and being creative. And I know you know this about me, but I wasn't sure if our if we'd really specifically mentioned it with our listeners um, but yeah, I, I love drawing, painting, coloring. I'd love to really learn ceramics. Uh, I've done like mirror sketches, like the mirror etching before. Oh, tell me. I don't know if I know what that is. So you can just buy, it's like a cream. Okay. And you buy, you get a mirror, you get like a stickum on it and you cover the stickum and then you kind of carve it out what you want to, what you want to color in, uh, carve those pieces out of the stickum mm-hmm. and then you paint on this etchy stuff. Okay. And you, you've etched a mirror, like you put an image onto the mirror. So you pull off the sticker and then all that's left is your little etched oh, image. Oh, so like you could, oh, that would be cool. Like if you wanted to put like a masquerade mask on the mirror or something mm-hmm. so that when people look in the mirror, they like look like they have fox ears or yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, you could totally do that. It's like OG Instagram. I think there are more legitimate ways of etching where like professionals can literally like scratch the backside of the mirror and do a thing, but you can just buy a cream that. Oh, does the effect. Yeah, I've never heard of this. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I I love all that stuff. And I also just thought we'd put a little plug in there that together we created our podcast art art. Yeah. Our cover art was made by the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We did it together. Yeah. Michaela, it was funny because I we we both are drawers and painters Mm -hmm. and artists we're like (laughs) we we do it on our own time. Artsy fartsy stuff. Yeah, we like artsy fartsy stuff. And so I had been trying to do I, – I didn't really know anything about graphic design and for a long time. So I'd done a like a grassroots kind of art show a while ago and I had just done like freehand and line drawing and stuff like that. And so I didn't really know how to change anything into graphic design. So when we were making our art for the podcast, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess I'm confined within like 
what the computer can do. What the computer can do, basically. And then Michaela was like, I drew this. (laughs) I was like, like, here's this thing, and I like it better than all the other things. Yep. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, well, shit, now we got to try to figure out how to, like, enhance this design and put it into some digital format. And so together we figured out a way to do that. And yeah, so we made our own podcast art, which is- Yeah, which is cool and unique. Yeah, it's really cool. And it was funny because I was thinking about, I have this really cool design that I made a long time ago and I didn't know what I made it for. And I almost wonder if I should use it for this like on our Instagram page or something like that as part of our like logos or if we ever have merch at some point in time. Yeah. Um, Because I have a lot of these drawings laying around and I had no idea how to convert them into digital format. And now you do. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I've been actually meaning to learn this for a long time. Anyway. Yes. So. Yeah. So I was just. Yeah. What's good is art. What's good with you? My what's good is that. I, this week, have used a skill that I use a lot, but I've used it more this week, which is that I am basically a human lie detector. Ooh. Yeah. I'm sure that this is not a surprise. Yeah, I'm not not too surprised, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) my, if, probably if you were to ask me what talent I have above anything else, it is that I know what someone's lying yeah i know what somebody is trying to do Mm. and i know when they're fibbing Mm -hmm. um and it's even it's so intense that this is a story that i thought i would tell so my partner and me and their dad went to a home depot or like a menards one time Uh and we're asking for okay do you have like garage door openers or something like that okay and this person, we walked in the Home Depot and we're like, oh, do you have garage door openers? It's mother flipping Home Depot. <laughs> and this person looks at me and is like, no, we do not have garage door openers. And it wasn't like I knew what was in the Home Depot. I just could tell everything about their posture. Like, You're just like, what the fuck is up with you? This Go person away. is just lying to me yeah. about garage door openers. I have no idea why that Some would be true. People are so compulsive and they just lie about everything. Yeah, it was yeah. so weird. I was like, why are you lying to me about garage door openers right now? It <laughs> makes me so mad when people lie to me. And so like I tried to press the issue and I was like, do you – okay, do you have a garage door section? And this – person looked me dead in the eye and was like no we do not have garage doors in like home depot or menards or wherever the hell i was and um my partner's father actually even like followed up on the issue and it was like well do you have anything associated with the garages like basically yeah because he knew too he's like this motherfucker doesn't know anything about this store or is just the crazy part is is he believes everybody Mm. so like he's i think he he I think he, yeah, he knows a lot about like home improvement. And even he was like, well, I guess they don't. And I looked at my partner and their dad and was just like, okay, that's, we, this person is clearly lying and we're going to go find garage door openers. We'll wander till we find them. Yeah. And I remember we found them like really quickly after that. And my partner's dad was like, what the shit? And my partner calls me the witch, like basically because of these reasons, because I'm always just <laughs> like, you can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Like that's bullshit. And I was trying to think about like, how do I do that? But it reminds me of that study where you ask physicians who've been in the field for a very long time, like, how do they know the diagnosis? Mm-hmm. And they can't tell you anymore because yeah. it's become so automatic, like they have no clue. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think about it. And I suspect you can probably tell when people are lying too pretty Generally, easily. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. mean I'll always call them out. Sometimes I just like to see how far they take it. <laughs> and I like, I just, I act like I believe them. And I'm like, really? <laughs> tell me more. Really? Okay. Huh. 
Like, I don't necessarily challenge them. I just like uh, to go on an adventure. <laughs> Take me into your mind, yeah, sir or like, madam. Yeah, let's let's see how far you can, you know, build this line, build it on the other line, build it. But wait, this counteracts what you're saying over here. Hmm. Like, I like to take... <laughs> Why do I get so goddamn irate? I'm like, no, shut up. And you're like, okay, we're doing this. I'm packing my bags. We're going on a trip. <laughs> how do you, So how do you know when somebody is lying? I, that is hard to say. I mean, I think it is a lot with the body language and yeah. the way that they're they're expressing it. Like they're not making very good eye contact, or uh-huh. there's just a I don't know. There's like a tone. Yeah, there's a tone that I can feel. Yeah, that I'm like whatever, bud. Like, yeah, you if you this is the if this is the adventure you want to go on. All right, yep, my bags are packed. Let's let's ride the plane and see how far we get. I'm always like, do you need this right now? Like, do you really need this? Why do you need this? I I probably should get better at that. Just be like, I'm not go- jumping on the train. But instead, I'm like, all right, let's ride the train. <laughs> <laughs> toot toot. Yeah, I think for me, it's like it is. It is some middle ground of eye contact. Somebody's being truthful. Like if they're looking away a lot, they're lying. But if they're looking dead ass in your eye the whole time, like it's like they're trying to convince you they're not lying. Yeah, sometimes that over. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or they give like too vague of details. Yes. Or, or they too over. Many uh-huh. Yes, it's, yes. it's the sweet spot when they're not lying of like in between the amount of details right. in the amount in between the amount of lying posture is definitely a thing. Yeah. And intent. I mean, just that intensity. I feel like when people are telling the truth, they're generally more just relaxed. And yeah. Just explaining things or yeah. expressing things but there's there's a level of intensity with lying yeah i noticed too when people are lying they like double down on things where <laughs> if you're telling the truth like sometimes you're like oh maybe that's not right you're like oh maybe i'm confused or maybe i missed this or, maybe we do have garage door openers let me right, check like right. why are you so intense that we don't have garage door openers <laughs> what a silly effing thing I like t- that's th- those are the ones that get me the most. If you're gonna lie and tell me some elaborate awesome story, cool, that sounds fun. But if yeah. you're gonna lie about something so minuscule and stupid, let me hit you over the head with a hammer. Yeah, I'm over it. Yeah, let me just yeah. have this, dude. Like, why can't I just have this? I am so like, <laughs> it always happens to me in like the weirdest situations too. Like. It'll be Sam in a government building. I have to go to like the DMV or I have to go to Home Depot or I have to go through TSA. It'll be some horse shit where somebody pulls me aside and is like, I have to frisk you now. And I'm like, why though? I mean, go I mean, go ahead. If there's a reason, I'm that's fine. But then they like start making up things and that just pisses me off. It's like, I know you're lying. Right. I know you don't know why you have to frisk me. And that pisses me off. Like, at least right. know an answer and I'm happy to comply with whatever it is. Or like, do you just say I don't know? That's the thing. People just need to be more, more comfortable about it, saying that they don't know. Again, I think our society has somehow deemed that to mean that you're stupid or incompetent. Yeah. But actually, that means that you're honest. And what you can say is, I don't know, but let me go find out. Yeah. Let me go ask somebody who might. Yeah. That's the appropriate response. If you yeah. try to act like you know everything, I automatically know that you know nothing. Yeah. I, was ju- I just had a patient this week who was talking about um, let's say they were switching between an MD and a PhD. Like they were mm-hmm. originally in a medical program. They wanted to go to a PhD program. They're talking about the difference between the two, their perspective. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, if you're in an MD, like you've got to double down on what you know. You're like, 
I know this and I'm sure of this and I like have to be sure of this or I'll get killed basically. Or kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so it like creates that like I have to know this answer. And then in a PhD That's program, fair. they throw a book at your head the first day you walk in there. You're like, you don't know anything. Repeat after me. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm always like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, again, I think that's the appropriate response. If you don't know, just say, hmm, uh, that's interesting. I don't know. I haven't yeah. really thought about that. Or let me go see if I can figure that out. Yeah. Like, shit, if I know half of these things. And that's the other thing, too, even about this podcast. We're doing our best, but there is always going to be something we don't know. Yeah. This- and, and this is all from our perspective. Like we had, like our pre-intro says, you know, don't take this as specific medical advice. This is from our experience and from our perspective and, and what we've interpreted and, and <laughs> Yeah. We're doing our best, guys. <laughs> That's your best. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best you could do at that time. <laughs> oh no. Anyway, speaking uh, of the best we could do, right. how did your homework go? So I totally failed at doing body scans. <laughs> 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 oh no. Uh, it was just a really crazy busy week. I I feel like this whole week I was in that parasympathetic flight or flight. I I was there. I had a lot of things to juggle this week, mm-hmm. and doing a check in didn't even cross my mind, and it should have, but it didn't. And I I would like to still kind of have that as a back burner goal to do that more often. But oh my gosh, this week was. You know that meme where the dog's sitting in a room full of fire and he's like, everything is fine. (laughs) That's what this week felt like. I was just sitting there holding my drink (laughs) with everything on fire. This is fine. This is fine. We'll get through this. Maybe someday the fire will go out. Yeah. Yeah. I I think certainly that is an issue when we are all just kind of pulled in different directions. I think for me, part of the – the biggest part of the homework with – Downregulating the nervous system actually just ends up being getting rid of other commitments first. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when you try to add like, oh, I'm going to take a bath. It's like, well, with what time? Right. So it's right. about cutting it down more than yeah. anything. Well, and it was just a bad week for me to even try. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Yeah. I had a lot. It was just obligations. And yeah. maybe some of them shouldn't be. And maybe I should not put as much effort into certain things. But it's. It's hard for me, guys. Yeah, that's that's change talk. What Michaela's doing over there, she's in the con- contemplative stage of change. Yes, <laughs> I see. There's a problem, and I'm thinking about it, and what maybe I need to do, but I'm not quite sure that I want to take any steps yet. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Just thinking on it. I am. Um, Stages of change would be another one to do an episode on, honestly. Oh yeah, that would be a good one. Just motivational interviewing only and stages of change. Yeah. And, yeah. I can add that to the list. <laughs> so my homework was actually okay. Um, probably every other day this week, I would sit in a darkened room listening to Gaelic tunes <laughs> in a hot bath with candles surrounding me. Yeah. I basically looked like I was doing a seance every other day. And I, I th- it. think it was working. I think oh, it was working. Good. Yeah. I think I was nicer. I was more loving in my responses. I was less critical. I think it was good. And fortunately, I mean, it happened to be a good time because I've been out of town like a lot, like a lot, a lot. Yeah. And You've so been on a lot of adventures. Yeah, I have been. I, I went on an adventure. <laughs> it was so fun. I went on a lot of adventures, actually. I was 
over in Some Europe. more for fun w- than others. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's very true. I was over in Europe for a while. <laughs> Actually, we were in, like, Eastern Europe, and it was funny. When we were driving, we saw, like, every several miles, we'd see signs for animals that could that could cross. Yeah. yeah. And the first thing we saw was a wolf. Oh, cool. And then we saw a bear. Nice. And then we saw a boar. And so we were joking around that like, that's Eastern European rock, paper, scissors. And we were like, <laughs> <laughs> we were like wolf, bear, boar, everybody lose. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like our fun joke. It's like we'd, we'd play wolf, bear, boar. I love it. Anyway. So yeah. So I think it went okay this week, but it was partially because I had the time to do it. So yeah, but again, it's it, we when we really want to change, we have to make the time. Yeah. We have to make it a commitment. Yeah. So before we get into our episode today, as I wanted to say at the beginning, but I'm just going to say <sighs> it so really quickly. To, we forget every time. Yeah, it's almost like I do this for fun and then forget that I'm supposed to be trying to do this for any sort of career option. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, am I trying to do this for real, though? <laughs> so anyway... If you guys feel like supporting us on Patreon, please go ahead, find us at www.patreon.com slash shityourshrinkthinks, or send us an email if you want to just hear yeah. a certain topic area, or... Tell us a funny story, give us give yeah. us some info. Give us a little feedback about what you, what you like, what you want to hear more of. So what's the topic today, Michaela? So this week we're going to talk about mindfulness, mm-hmm. which, as as we said last time, we kind of... We kind of we left off on that last week. Yeah, we alluded to it. So what exactly is it? What isn't it? I want to just say like I bust Michaela's chops a little bit last week because I was like, ah, they're both mindfulness. But I want to just say that actually most providers, most practitioners themselves don't even know what mindfulness is. Mm-hmm. So I'll give a little bit of background. I went to a year-long training. I am not a 100% expert on this. I just pretty much figured out how much I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which as we saw in my last in the last episode, there's some things I clearly didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So, I was I saw things as different when they were the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't had different terms, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Yeah, again, this is why we have the disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> Maybe don't listen to us. I don't know. It's hard to say oh, at this wait, point. Please do. <laughs> yeah, listen to us with your ears and maybe not with your soul. I don't know. Wait, that sounds weird. Maybe listen to us with your soul and your ears, but not with your brain. Or just question a little bit. Yeah. That. Yeah, listen to us with a critical mind and an orientation to do more research. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Listen to us with your ears, your soul, your butt, your heart, <laughs> your brain, the whole thing. <laughs> but do more research. So anyway, the point is, is that where I'm getting this information from is I was basically voluntold to do a year-long mind tr- mindfulness training. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hippie bullshit. I was not interested in it in any way, in any way. And I was told, you got to do it. And so I did. And so basically what that meant is I went on a couple of retreats mm-hmm. for like mindfulness days and weeks where we would have silent meditation trainings and then also doing breakout sessions and weekly practice every day in between that. Yeah. So I did my practice a lot. It wasn't all the time, but I just happened to have a little more exposure than the average bear. Yeah. I I mean, a lot more exposure than the average bear. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. A a year-long training experience is, yeah. is rare to come by. Yeah, it was I didn't pay attention all the time. I'm gonna be real. I was a little <laughs> bit like 
goofing off. You were a little bit like, this is hoodoo shit. I yeah. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. I goofed off a lot in the beginning. But once I realized like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. This kind of works. Yeah. This is actually happening. Then I yeah. did hone in. So what do you what do you feel like mindfulness is? You talked about it a little bit last time. I thought it was a really good definition. Yeah, it's really a moment-by-moment awareness of our thoughts, feelings, bodily sensations, surrounding environments uh, through a kind, nurturing, non-judgmental lens. Again, non-judgmental is key, and that's probably one of the harder parts of it. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. It's paying attention to the present moment in a specific way. And I think people kind of mix it up. Mindfulness is not about you don't have to calm yourself down. You don't have to necessarily make yourself feel better. You don't have to get rid of thoughts. A lot of practitioners will tell you, oh, it's about getting rid of your thoughts or it's about soothing right. yourself or. Which again, I, like we talked about the grounding. To me, that's that's that part of mindfulness where yes. you're trying to soothe yourself. Uh-huh. Whereas this is just being aware of what's happening. Yeah. Like that was my tr- mental differentiation, which yeah. apparently was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think there's a lot to it that is right. So we can talk about kind of the different types of mindfulness in a second. But for right now, mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment with curiosity, mm-hmm. non-judgment, non-attachment to outcomes. So right. like whatever happens is going to happen through this mindfulness. We are being open. And usually you are using your five senses in some way. Right. Yeah. You're again, you you can't be fully present and aware of of what's happening on all levels if you aren't using your senses. If mm-hmm. you aren't kind of checking in with those bodily sensations or looking at your environment and what's happening or what's what you're hearing and smelling and Absolutely. Etc. That, that's that is the key is paying attention to those senses. I always like to say too that we want to use language and mindfulness about allowing experiences mm. rather than and noticing experiences rather than controlling them. So Yeah. It's I a way that I sometimes will interpret it as well, kind of like with the thought watching or those kind of things. You you are imagine you're a pebble and yes. you're floating to the bottom of, of the ocean and you're watching the waves. So the waves are everything that's going on. The waves are the emotions, the waves are the thoughts, the waves are the bodily sensations, whatever's happening on the thing. But you're not riding the wave. Yeah. You are removed from it to some degree and yeah. observing it non-judgmentally. This is the wave and this is what's happening. That's really cool. I've never actually used that imagery. I actually got like peaceful feeling as I was imagining it. For yeah. some reason, I even imagined like above my head this raging storm yeah, and the exactly. water like whoosh, 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 whoosh. And that's a good way, even with those emotions that we talked about last time, that's a good way to kind of not let those emotions get quite as overwhelming is mm-hmm. when you try to step back and take that like th- there can be a raging storm, but I'm not the storm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're exactly right. Like in pop psychology right now, you see mindfulness on like every magazine. Oh my goodness. You see it just everywhere. It's up my butt and I'm tired of it. And that was why I didn't want to do the training because I was like, when somebody's trying to force something on me, I get real <laughs> obstinate. I'm like, not doing it. I'm yeah, not yeah. doing it. So what I think that the media misrepresents is that it's not about I have to feel pleasant or calm after right. I'm done with this. I just examine what those waves look like, what the storm looks like, how it is to be detached from the storm and the waves. Yeah. Again, not, it's the non-judgmental observation. Yep. And the, and the not attaching to the outcomes of what you feel like before, during, or after your meditation. So 
I think too, it's important to notice that you're not going to you're not going to change your thoughts and you're not going to change your emotions. And I like to think about it this way: you are like a scientist of yeah. your own body and mind. Yeah, you just take in the data in. Right. Take. And I feel like I think we sort of said that with the relationship stuff. But again, if if you take a lot of things and approach a lot of things with a thought of curiosity, curiosity, you're going to have a you're going to have a better time. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get as upset about stuff if you're just trying to be like a scientist. You know, you are you are both the experiment and the scientist. You are trying to observe what's happening. Yeah. I think for me, I where I fall apart a lot is something called experiential control. I want my day to go a certain way. Mm. I want my life to go a certain way. Mm. I want people to behave a certain way, etc. Yeah. And with mindfulness, it's about being like, okay, like, it is what it is. What's that thought? What's that feeling? What's that bodily sensation? Oh, it's pain. And if I was trying to control it, I'd be like, oh, let me breathe into it. Make it go away right away. And with mindfulness, it's more like, okay, notice the quality of the pain. Where is it? Right. Where is it at? What? What? How would I rate it? Mm-hmm. What kind of type of, you know, is it a, is it a stabbing pain or like a, a shooting, shooting or, or probing or? Yeah. <laughs> Or a throbbing? Throbbing. That was the that was what I meant by it probing. Could be probing. <laughs> no, what? My bad, guys. Please don't bend over. <laughs> if you're having probing pains, maybe that is not mindfulness town. <laughs> That's a totally different thing. Yeah, but exactly. It's just about checking into it. And a lot of times, sometimes sometimes when you just accept that something is there the intensity actually ends up remitting, which is really a wild experience. So like if you breathe into pain and you're like, oh, hmm, that's there. What's that like? Very interesting. It's almost as though by being acknowledged and let be the way it is, sometimes the pain doesn't feel as bad, even though it's still there. It's a strange thing. Yeah, but it's a very real response. Again, we, we tend to try to push away. We tend to try to avoid and not acknowledge. And if we just take that moment... To acknowledge it makes a flipping difference. Yeah, absolutely. So mindfulness is not actually originally a mental health term or really. Really? Yeah. Mindfulness is not something that came from mental health. That I'm. Tell me more. I can. I can. (laughs) I can. Yeah. So the training that I did, they kind of talked about how mindfulness came from different religious practices, actually. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was adopted into mental health. So like Buddhism or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Usually Eastern philosophy has a lot of mindfulness. So usually Buddhist is, Buddhism is what is most traditionally associated, associated. with mindfulness. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, it's a way to alleged spiritual enlightenment mm-hmm. um, and getting to a point where you are more connected with the divine in that sort of religion. But also keep in mind that mindfulness is apparent in many different religions and philosophies so like monks when they are chanting Mm. certain chants are designed to enhance mindfulness they're paying attention to the tone quality of voice they're letting their mind kind of move about in different areas Mm. they're not controlling it they're open to receiving these are common practices or or prayer even can be a form of mindfulness depending on the type of prayer. And so usually there is some spiritual background that was originally associated with mindfulness. It makes sense now. I mean, now that you say that, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did kind of know that. (laughs) Yeah, right. So it's like, it's not that weird. And, And mental health basically tried to take the parts of it that were 
good for your mental well-being mm-hmm. and try to repackage them into a way that would be less threatening because a lot of people have issues with, with certain kinds of religion or right. spirituality. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, trauma related to religious stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Spiritual abuse is a thing. Shit. I should write that down too. We have a lot of things <laughs> to talk about. Send us an email with all these things we say we should write down. Oh my God. You guys. Yeah. Can somebody be my scribe? I'm Can like, oh yeah. Secretary. Yeah. I need a secretary. Y'all, I need a secretary. I don't even know. This idea will come into my mind and then five minutes later I know and it's such a good idea and then it's gone and I I don't have like a pen and paper and I can never remember it again I'm like man what was that thing yeah we'll try and write it down after the show but if you guys could somebody please keep track of what the hell I'm saying (laughs) like in a good way though (laughs) yeah we don't need counts of everything we said wrong Uh, I know (sighs) I know Anyway, so there's also five hindrances to mindfulness, Ooh, okay. but I I expanded them out a little bit. Um, this is like what traditional, more religious toned mindfulness. So I expanded it to kind of be more mental health focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so one hindrance to mindfulness is desire and not just mm-hmm. like desire, like in a sexy way, desire, like, like the wanting. Outcome. Yeah. Like wanting, trying yeah. to control outcomes, like being in the future all the time, like I'm gonna get this job and then yeah. I'm gonna get this Again, money. Again, you're not in the you're not in the moment if you're focusing on what you want in the future. Exactly. That's exactly it. So yeah. and and again, it's that trying to control. Um avoidance and aversion, it's kind of the same thing, is another hindrance to mindfulness. So any thoughts about how that could yeah, I mean, again, you're in, you're in the future, and you're or or in the past, and you're like, okay, this thing happened in the past, and I'm not about to allow it to happen in the future, so I'm going to try to avoid it. I'm going to try to push it away. Yep. And not acknowledge what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. When yes, it's happening right now, and you yeah. need to acknowledge it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like planning to avoid makes you actually be thinking about that thing anyway. Yes. And it's another form of trying to control your emotional and your mental experience. Both wanting and aversion are you trying to control what's happening in your body and mind instead of allowing. And just accepting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and paying attention. Anxiety is another one which is very similar to just yeah. wanting. It's like it that is. physiological arousal kind of mm-hmm. – we talked about the nervous system. If you're in fight, flight, or freeze, often it's harder to do mindfulness activities, mm-hmm. which is understandable just because your mind is racing. Right. So you need to maybe do some of those relaxation strategies before you maybe try to engage in some mindfulness. Yeah. It might go easier for you yeah. for the first couple times. Anger is another one. This is my <laughs> – rage is my seventh deadly sin. <laughs> I can't. What's yours? What are the seven – it's like sloth, rage – what is it? Gluttony. Gluttony. That might be one of my jealousy. <laughs> Gluttony oh, yeah, is just <laughs> give me uh, all the candy. Uh, uh, candy bar. <laughs> uh, what envy? Envy. Oh, envy. Yeah. Maybe that's one. jealousy. Oh, maybe. Lust. Yeah. I don't know how many I've named. I don't know either. Now they've all they've all conjo- conglomerated into. Is pride? Pride is like the deadly sin or something. Pride, greed. Did we say greed? Greed. That's yeah. A, that's a nasty one. Consuming our freaking world yeah i've definitely got mine is like rage and pride mm-hmm. i'm a prideful mfer <laughs> yours is gluttony and what else do you got Maybe in sloth <laughs> <laughs> this turtle over here just wants to eat and chill man <laughs> so, like such a pothead <laughs> i love it i love that so much i don't even know when we do our sex drugs and rock and roll talk where we just talk about re- drugs all the time it's like we could definitely describe certain personality characteristics based on certain drugs oh my goodness oh yeah 
Mine would be an upper for sure. Yours would be a sedative. <laughs> That's why we work well together. Yeah. We balance right. it out. Yeah. So anyway, so anger is definitely one. Um, if you're having feelings of anger like at the meditation, at other people, mm-hmm. it can sometimes be something that you really want to hold on to mentally. And yeah. so it can be difficult because it's such a sticky emotion or thought. It is. We really like to carry anger around, just that chip on our shoulder. Yeah. yeah. It's very sticky and, and it can prevent the detachment. Um, sloth and torpor actually is is so if you're sleepy as hell it's gonna be really hard to physically do mindfulness because you just fall asleep that's that, yeah yeah i've done that before in a meditation <laughs> oops uh, uh, yes absolutely if you are going to sleep it's not mindfulness right you are no longer aware <laughs> so you are not being mindful no 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 and then the last one that i have here is doubt any idea what that one would mean? Well, again, I feel like that's future forecasting and controlling. You're you're doubting that it's going to be effective or you're doubting this or that and the other. That's exactly it. Instead of accepting it for as it is. Yeah. Doubt is a, is a huge hindrance. But yeah, our minds are often obsessing about things or replaying things, trying to future forecast uh, instead of really just trying to focus on what's actually happening in the moment. Yeah. I had a patient tell me if you have one foot in the future and one foot in the past, then you piss on the present. I heard that one too. I love it. Yes. Uh, My patients are so damn colorful. I also had a different patient tell me experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. Hmm. All right. All right. I like that one. A little bit of non-attachment to outcomes there. So how does mindfulness relate to mental health conditions and kind of which conditions are responsive to mindfulness? I mean, honestly, I would say basically all mental health conditions would be responsive to mindfulness practices. To some degree, if you want to address your mental health and what you're experiencing and what's going on, you're going to have to take a moment to actually be mindful and aware. And if you want to get through that mental illness, you're going to have to start to practice some of that non-judgmental stuff. Absolutely. I Yeah, definitely a trick question. Most yeah. are responsive to mindfulness. It's yeah. one of those things that there's not a lot of magic bullets in the mental health field, but exercise, mindfulness, sleep, and nutrition right. are- I'm throwing breathing in there again, deep breathing. I know. Yeah. I know, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There are a lot of things that are like tried and true, and those are a couple of them. Yeah. If you get those things in order- it you're you're going to start seeing things play out a lot differently absolutely absolutely and some people you know they need more of one than another right but mindfulness is one of the good ones it tends to affect the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system in a positive way it down regulates your arousal Mm -hmm. and Studies show that people who practice mindfulness struggle with less mental health issues overall. So they have decreased rumination, which is like repeating those thoughts and memories or things. Yeah. Which is critical components in PTSD, depression, anxiety. Right. Because you're dwelling on stuff. You're you're just that little hamster on the wheel, just running the wheel, running the wheel, running the wheel. Exactly. (laughs) So it's it's decreased dwelling. Exactly. Decreased wheeling. Yeah. Less self-criticism. Less hypervigilance, and people do tend to feel improved feelings of body acceptance and improved ability to experience and tolerate a range of emotions, even improved sleep and pain tolerance. Yeah, and improved memory, focus, and mental processing speed is also, and greater satisfaction within relationships. All of the above, because you're actually there in Mm -hmm. the moment to deal with it. 
Yeah, think how often you're ha- trying to have a uh, a conversation with within your relationship. And if that person is not present in that conversation, it doesn't really go very well. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There was actually – there was an interesting study. This is kind of like a side note where they took – I want to say it was like undergraduate students and they had one group do mindfulness skills and one group not do mindfulness skills. And then they like stuck their hands in buckets of ice water. Mm. And they were basically like, which group can tolerate the ice water longer? And the mindfulness group could tolerate it longer. They just had less experiences of pain, more acceptance of the pain, more ability to cope with it. And I think that plays out for a lot of the mental ailments for people. It's it's building that resiliency, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a resiliency factor. So there's bunches of different types of mindfulness. Um, and traditionally, mindfulness is not imagery. In theory, that's the traditional. But I, I would say anything that is like 80% mindfulness, I'm just going to say on this podcast is, yeah. it's mindfulness enough for yeah. our purposes. Yeah, it, it gets the job done. Yeah. <laughs> researchers, I will share that like researchers get really uptight. Because researchers tend to be black and white. And as we've said before, this yeah. world is gray. Yeah. Yeah. It is a very gray world. Researchers, they want to define mindfulness very, very strictly for the purposes of studies. Yeah. We're, I mean, like, you can't blame them. I yeah. mean, if you're trying to weigh things out and how it comes, you kind of have to be strict about it but yes maybe that's why i don't like research (laughs) (laughs) yeah i dabble in both worlds and i don't know i don't like the strictness i don't think it really gets us a lot of places but i i want to acknowledge that sometimes the way that i'm using mindfulness may differ at times from the way that researchers are using mindfulness researchers a lot of them are very traditional and they say it is just paying attention to the present moment no imagery no relaxation just the present moment Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna count anything that looks close and I would say that a lot of mindfulness, well, you can tell me what sorts of things strike you as mindfulness. Well, we've talked a little about doing body scans. So I think that's a really big mindfulness practice that people can engage in. Absolutely. Checking in with your body, which is what you wanted to do last week. Mindfulness. Yep. Uh, mindfully walking. That was my next one, too. It's funny. We have it like in the same order. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It was body scan and mindful walk. Those are my first two. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, mindfully walking, paying attention to your surroundings, yeah. what's there, five senses, non-judgment. Feel the wind on your face, see the trees, watch the dog wiggle butt if you're walking the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, put your face in the wind, feel it on your face. Yeah, notice the steps and the, the cadence of your walk. Like, how does it feel when your foot hits the ground? Mm-hmm. Five senses is actually a form of mindfulness, just paying attention yep. to your five senses. Which can also be a grounding technique. Yeah. <laughs> which is technically, like you said. Which is technically <laughs> mindfulness. So grounding, just to give you guys a little bit of information, is like often something that we give somebody, it's a way of calming them from a really stressful kind of ungluing level of anxiety. Right. Or dissociation even. Yeah. We ground them into the present moment. Right. But that's why it's called grounding. Yeah. Grounding yourself. Grounding yourself in the present moment. In the present moment. Because again, a lot of the times when we are in a point of distress, either our thoughts are anxiously worrying about the future and what's going to happen. Yeah. Or we're replaying old shit from the past that doesn't even matter and we can't change. Right. So let's get to the present moment. And in this present moment, in this small moment that you're in, things are probably okay. Yeah. Absolutely. We've also got leaves on a stream, which does some visualization like you mm. imagine a stream and that leaves. Kind of like thought watching. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, that's okay. exactly thought watching. So thought watching can be a form of mindfulness. Have you heard of Leaves on a Stream? No, tell me more. Oh, it's a it's a dialectical behavioral therapy skill. So basically you imagine there is a little bit of imagery. You imagine you're walking through a forest. You come to a stream at the mm-hmm. end. There are some leaves slowly falling onto the stream. You sit down by the edge of the stream and you imagine each thought, each emotion, each physical sensation that comes up, you acknowledge and you place it onto the leaf yeah. and you watch it move by. Okay. And you don't go into the stream to try and catch all the leaves, to try and catch all the thoughts and hold on to them because you're going to get pulled away down the stream. Right. Instead, you place the thoughts or the emotions or the feelings and you watch them move by. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I think I had heard that visualization with thought watching before to kind of help yep. assist in in the thought watching process yep it's exactly and like, like the pebble the, the emotions yeah yeah it's very similar yep. i've heard people use it with like they're laying on a field mm-hmm. and they look at clouds overhead yeah and i've they... also heard it with a train you know yep. with train cars especially if your thoughts are super racy sometimes it can <laughs> don't jump on the train <laughs> uh, uh, just put them into each little train car and yeah. watch them go by yeah thought watching thought watching is a form of mindfulness mindfulness yeah. is like the umbrella term um mindful eating mindful that was, i was gonna say mindful eating. Yeah. <laughs> think how how often have you ate a meal and you didn't even remember like you just scarfed it down meal gone didn't enjoy it like you didn't really enjoy it you just yeah. ate yeah but th- in this physical reality that's one of the best things again gluttony coming out here yeah food is awesome like, yeah let yourself slow down and enjoy it and really yeah. like look at the 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 sensation of it in your mouth, does it melt? Is it crisp? Is it, you know, all those little little, mm. little nummy tidbits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does it smell like? What's yeah. the texture? Yeah. And this is actually a, a method uh, people use to treat binge eating disorder mm-hmm. is mindful eating. And I don't know if I said it or not, but mindful breath, breathing. Yep. A lot of times is a mindfulness skill. You can do it with exercise when you're exercising, being mindful of, of all the physical sensations that are going on and, you know, with your breath and your muscles and everything. Yes. You can do it with washing dishes. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you bring up an excellent point. I want to just say that meditation is like kind of a boxed mindfulness. It's like within yeah. a certain period of time. Right. But mindfulness is a way of living. It's... It- yeah. Not just one little 10-minute exercise. I mean, it starts that way. Right. It can, you know, doing a mindfulness meditation can be a good way to start to get your foot in the door and to understand what you're trying to experience and, and look for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But eventually what you want is, a, you know, maybe you have your worry time and your plan time in the day, but outside of that, you are just there. Yeah, just being present and enjoying life, experiencing life, because what we're doing otherwise is trying to future forecast or we're replaying old tapes that just piss us off. You know, yeah. these are old tapes we don't like, but they're the ones where we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to watch this. Yeah. Yes. So instead, be in the moment. Try to be present, fully mm-hmm. aware and acknowledge what's going on. You're going to have a, a better life that way. It's, it's easier be said easier. than done. Yeah. But it, it's worth the effort. This is my kryptonite. So for those of you out there who have a hard time with this, I really do understand that. And I can validate that. But especially for those of us who have the hardest time with this, we are the ones who it most need the most. Yeah. Yeah. Who it most helps and it most affects. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. Yeah. And really the the trick is you you need to step out of that autopilot. You know, we live so much of our life on that autopilot. And if this is, this is a means for you to step out of that and be fully present and aware, which again, 
when you're fully present and aware, you can then respond instead of react. You can actually see what's flipping happen with all those blinders off, seeing the whole big picture, bird's eye view, Mm -hmm. and respond appropriately in a way that you would actually want to respond. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I couldn't have said it better. I couldn't have said it better. It gives you back your your ability to make decisions based on your values mm-hmm. rather than just responding. Yeah. Just reacting. Right. Rather. So I thought I would just really quickly, we're not going to do a full mindfulness because I know a lot of people are listening to this like in their cars yeah. or whatever. I know walking around, etc. So keep in mind if you want to do mindful breathing, leaves on a stream, body scan, there's all sorts of apps for that. Oh, yeah. Right. There's like headspace there is calm there's i think i I have one that's called like think breathe or breathe think stop breathing yeah 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 that one's pretty good yep i like that one there's one called like my life i mean the apps are endless the youtube videos are endless 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 so you could look up any of the types that i mentioned and they would have something there but for today i'm just going to lead you through what's called a five four three two one exercise it's really simple okay so everybody take a deep breath and let it go no attempt to control the breath just allow your breathing to move at the pace that it wants to move now take a look around I want you without judgment, to notice five things where you are, what they look like, their texture, how the light looks on them, their color. Just notice five things in your environment. And when your mind tries to wander away, You can say, thanks, brain. Cool thought. Back to the things I'm looking at. Notice your breath just again. And turn next to your sense of smell. Close your eyes if you're not driving. (laughs) Or if you're walking or driving, just breathe deep. Notice four things you smell. Maybe you just smell the car air. Maybe you smell what's in the breeze. Maybe you smell your detergent on your clothes, your coffee, your perfume. Notice it with curiosity, openness, and non-judgment. Now notice three things that you hear. Maybe you hear your stomach growling. Sound of the car. Maybe you hear wind chimes. Whatever it is, expand your awareness to include what you hear. Now two things that you can feel. Maybe it's your seat holding your butt up. Maybe it's the ground underneath your feet. 
Maybe it's your shirt on your arms. Just notice, with no attempt to change it. And finally, become aware of one thing that you can taste. Maybe it's just the taste of your mouth right now. Remember, it's not bad, it's not good, it just is. Describe it. And that's it. No need to change it. Give me one more deep breath in and one more out. And see if you can't just bring that 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 to the rest of your day. Becoming aware of what's actually in your environment and what's actually in your body. I'm even calmer after doing that. What's up? Yeah. (laughs) So what do you want to try for homework? I want to try engaging more in mindful walking Mm. because I do walk the dog a lot. Mm -hmm. And... I I try it sometimes, but I definitely get caught up in my train of thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have to bring myself back, but I, I haven't been as active about trying it recently. You know, I, I was on the bandwagon for a while, and then I kind of forgot about it, and I need to jump back on that bandwagon. So that's what I want to try. How about you? Yeah, I actually am going to do the same thing, believe it really? or not. Yeah, and I'm going to – my favorite technique when I'm walking, and I, I like to just try and think about everything in the world and to solve world peace. So I just say to myself, sometimes even out loud, I'm not doing that right now. I'm walking. Mm. Yeah. And then I try to go back to what my sensory experience is. Yeah. My favorite thing is really paying attention to the wind and, and again, the trees and the sky colors and just mm. all the clouds – that that's my favorite part is the visual uh aspect i think of yeah and then a little bit of the physical sensations yeah for sure but i can share a story related to that and it's going to sound so woo woo but maybe think about it for those of us out here who have a hard time with mindfulness once upon a time when i was doing the meditation classes this mm-hmm. relates to what you say about looking into your environment i was meditating for the first day and i went outside into this garden that we were near and I looked and I saw some hummingbirds. Yeah. Near these flowers in the garden. And I stood and I watched these hummingbirds for God knows how long. And I was like really in love with them. I had a very special experience with those hummingbirds. Yeah. Yeah, I sound crazy, but no, not at all. I think most people when they experience a hummingbird are like, Oh my God. Yeah. I got (laughs) stoked and I just stayed there with the hummingbirds. And the next day, I came outside and I had the expectation that hummingbirds would be by that bush. Mm. And I walked over that bush and I didn't even notice my expectation. I was predicting the future. And I walked over that bush and what do you think I felt when there wasn't any hummingbirds there? Disappointed. Yeah. So instead I said, I am expecting. Let me attend to what's here right now with curiosity and openness. And I actually looked at the bush and what do you think I saw? Friggin' flowers or something. I saw this cool-ass spider web. Ooh. Like, this okay. spider was making her web, and as I got to watch her make her web, I actually realized I liked the spider better than I liked the hummingbirds. What? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And so the point of it is, is that a lot of times we're missing something that's going on right yes. now. Because we've got a judgment, a preconception, yes. a we whatever. Have an expectation. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to 
control the moment and we're trying to make it be what we think we need to see. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind that by trying to control the moment, we are often missing out on things that are actually there. Yep. Oh, that's a great example. Yeah. Good job, Sunny. That that rocks. Thank you. I, I like to think about that a lot. I share that with my patients a lot. It yeah, was really that's, important to that's me. That's a really good example for yeah. sure. Yeah. Thanks, man. So check this out. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. You're so good. Your jokes have been awesome. You go. go okay. Go. Okay. A meditation student asked the therapist, am I allowed to send you an email? And the therapist said, yes, but no attachments, please. <laughs> I try to make them like really on brand. You, Yeah. that's It's impressive. I don't know how you find them so on brand. I don't know. I'm just like really on fleek. Can I, I use that? Is that a thing that people say now? I don't I don't know. Is that like I feel like that was maybe an older thing. Is that still a thing? <sighs> Y'all, I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe it's I'm on brand brand. That's what I'm gonna say. Sure. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm gonna say. You are for sure. Mine are always uh just off random in, in La La Land. I need it. I need that La La Land. How do you organize a space party? Um I don't know. You plan it. Oh jush. <laughs> Okay, wait, wait. I got one more. It's totally okay. unrelated. Okay. What do you do with a dead scientist? Ooh, what? Bury him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we are we are wishing you a pleasant and mindful week. Yeah. We will see week. you next week. I think we're talking about pets next week. Yeah. Okay. All right. Check us out. We'll see you soon. Yeah.